I've always really been fascinated by the myth of the Tower of Babel. I first encountered it as a child where it was basically just presented to me as fact. And that, of course, was extremely fascinating to get an explanation for why there are languages. Of course, it didn't take me too long to grow a little older and realize that it was an origin myth. Um, and I think as an origin myth, it's really even more fascinating as a lot of these types of stories are. Now, from a dramatic or literary perspective, calling it a story might be a little bit of a stretch. Um, in terms of dramatic action or character, there's really not a lot going on in it. Um, as it's told in the uh, Hebrew biblical version, it really only even has one character, and that's Yahweh, or the Hebrew God. And then I suppose you could count the people, as they're referred to, because that's all they're referred to, as another character. So I guess maybe it's got two characters, and in that sense, it balances the story. There's a protagonist, there's an antagonist, and God's the antagonist, which is already interesting, especially coming from a monotheistic religion. Now, there's a lot of talk about this story not originally being from the Hebrew tradition, which is probably entirely possible. There's a, um, a story, I think, from the Sumerians that has a somewhat parallel structure, but actually ends with a magic spell being cast to restore all human languages to one language, so it's not exactly the same story. Um, at least that's to the best of my knowledge. I'm not certainly not a, an ancient historian. In any case, what I find so interesting about this as an origin myth um, is, first of all, looking at what an origin myth is, there's a kind of inherent implication in origin myths that the way things are is not the way things have to be. That's kind of an unstated, unconscious premise of every origin myth. To explain why things are the way they are now, to explain how things got to be the way they are now, is to start with the assumption that the way things are now is not inevitable. That there was other ways things could have been, that in fact in the past maybe things were different. And the Tower of Babel story does this quite concisely. Even the very premise of explaining why there are multiple languages starts with this, I think, perhaps sort of innate, primitive human fascination and longing for communication. Why is it so difficult for us to communicate with each other? Why does language that seem intuitive and self-explanatory and natural to one group seem like alien babble to another? Another interesting thing about this story is that it also carries in it the sort of, again, more or less unstated assumption that when people are separated by language, they are separated as communities and societies as well. Now, there's also other stuff I like about this extremely short story, and it is very, very short, start to finish. Um, stuff that's maybe not necessarily directly related to language. Um, it seems to preoccupy itself with the actual building materials used in the tower. It goes out of its way to say that bricks were made and baked and used in place of stone, which is interesting because um, it seems to have a kind of technological underpinning. By explaining that bricks were used instead of stone, it's implying that this is a point in time where, in the past, stones would have been used, but humans are starting to build things other ways. So it has kind of a, well, an evolution of technology, evolution of society, urban planning development angle to it as well that's very fascinating. But that's not really what I want to talk about here. In outline, in its most basic telling, here's the story. 
the whole world had one language. They could all understand each other. People moved east. They found a nice place to live, and they started to build a city there. In the city, they wanted to build a tower that reached to the sky. They thought this would make a name for them, put them on the map, so to speak. Uh, God took a look at this and thought, wow, these people are getting a little ambitious, and uh, they're actually having some success, which is worrying. we got to prevent them from being able to cooperate this well. And that's another interesting point. There's a kind of, again, implicit assumption in this story that if people are allowed to cooperate infinitely, they can do anything. One line explicitly says, now if they can do this, there's nothing they can't do. So how does God stop them? Bear in mind, this is as I'm transmitting it to you from the Hebrew Old Testament. And that's a God who can turn people into pillars of salt, cast down fire and brimstone, could really do anything to stop this. But what does God do here? Stops them from being able to talk to each other. And that's it. That's all it takes. Once these people can no longer understand each other, once they can no longer communicate, that's basically game over for their city. And that's how it plays out. As soon as they don't understand each other, they pretty much put down their tools, stop building the city, and all wander off in different directions. Now, as this story is dramatized sometimes in kids' Bible cartoons and other places, such as you know some I saw when I was a kid, uh, it's shown a little bit more dramatically. People start to fight or riots break out or some things like that. But as it's told in the text, it just says they stopped building the city and they were scattered over the face of the earth. So this has always been a myth that the more I think about, the more I feel there is to unpack about ancient people's views towards what a community was, how groups identified themselves, the power of cooperation and communication and the dangers involved with not being able to communicate. And as we today in the 21st century for probably the first time in human history reach a level of actual global interconnectedness that has been the stuff of fiction and myth in the past, I think it's very interesting to take a look at you know how little some of these ways of thinking have changed and how applicable they really are to reality. Can a group of people who can't communicate with each other be a community in any meaningful sense? Is a shared language basically the cornerstone for a group identity? Is communication and mutual comprehensibility really this kind of cheat code to cooperation and people being able to work together to accomplish anything? And finally, if God or just the laws of physical and geographical and psychosocial reality have decided that Humans will never really share one language perfectly and be completely unified that way. Is there anything really humans can do to challenge that or overcome it? I wanted to make a podcast about linguistic groups. Specifically, I wanted to make a podcast about people living between one linguistic group and another, or living in two linguistic groups or more at the same time. People positioned in their day-to-day lives or experiences to see this thing that most of us usually take so much for granted as something really much less straightforward than it can seem at first. As a native English speaker myself, I've always thought that this is a topic that we in the Anglosphere, so to speak, I mean the native English-speaking world, often don't really have to contend with to any depth. The way history is played out, most of us learn our first language, and that's all we ever have to learn. When we communicate with people whose native language is not English, They usually speak to us in English to whatever degree they're capable of, and that's the structure of communication that we're used to. Granted, this certainly isn't everyone, and that's part of the story I want to tell in this podcast. But I think for many of us, it's the case. There's a relatively famous hypothesis in the world of linguistics and psycholinguistics 
um, often referred to as the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, or sometimes just called linguistic relativity, that basically states that the thoughts a person is capable of having, the thoughts they will have and the thoughts they tend to have, the way those thoughts are structured, and so on, are defined by the language that they can express those thoughts in. Or to put it a little more simply, you're not using language to express your thoughts, your language is allowing you to have thoughts at all. Or to put it even more simply, what you think depends on the language you know. This hypothesis basically views thoughts not as pure abstract concepts that exist in the ether of our minds, but basically as psychosocial constructions. Sensations, emotions, memories, all filtered through language, and then and only then put into conscious thought. Into frameworks of symbols that we have inside of us that we've learned from our society that we can then manipulate and rearrange into more and more complex structures. It's not a universally accepted theory, and there is some degree of controversy to it. But speaking from personal experience, it's one that I've grown more and more comfortable with the more I've progressed in studies in a second language. There's a tendency at first, I think, to think of thoughts as pure, undiluted concepts that are, in a sense, universal and interchangeable meaning a thought like tall, or freedom, or excitement, or even I, has a pure, universal, basic meaning that is the same regardless of who's thinking it and what language they're thinking it in. Which means the words themselves are just these kind of wrappers. They don't make the idea. The idea exists independent of the word. And the different words in different languages are just different sounds that we make to express what is basically the same idea. When viewing language through that lens, it's pretty easy to think of your native language as a kind of workable baseline. Okay, up means up, down means down, red means red, blue means blue, love means love, and hate means hate. And when you learn vocabulary in a second language, you tend to just think of it as substitution. Okay, what's their word for up? What's their word for blue? What's their word for love? But... For anybody who's really progressed very far in a second or third or fourth or whatever language, it pretty rapidly becomes clear that this is not at all how it works. This can take longer to notice in languages that are very similar and share close historical roots. Say, for example, if you're a Germanic language speaker, like English, learning another Germanic language, like Dutch, or a speaker of a Latin-based language like Spanish, learning another Latin-based language like Italian. But even, I think, in those pairings, um, there comes a time when it gets harder and harder to ignore that concepts are not perfectly interchangeable. And if you're learning languages that are much more distant, historically speaking, like English and Japanese, you have to contend with this reality pretty much right away. And going through this process really recontextualizes your native language for you. Things that seemed obvious and natural and almost primal suddenly become very obvious as cultural constructions and social inventions and products of arbitrary historical developments. And this can be uncomfortable to think about. Personally speaking, I've known monolingual native English speakers who seem to almost take offense at this hypothesis. I mean, really buck against the idea that, no, my thoughts do not come from English. I put my thoughts into English. My thoughts come from me. But again, this is not a universally accepted theory even among professionals in these fields, and I don't think that these complaints are necessarily invalid because there's still so much we don't know about how these mental processes work. 
But I think this kind of question and this kind of tension that exists between the view- two viewpoints, which are themselves really both based on lived experience. I mean, having gone through the process of learning a second language, like I said, uh, I am inclined to just kind of naturally agree to some level with the superior for linguistic relativity hypothesis. Um, it feels to me like a lot of our thoughts do come from the language and not the other way around. But of course, it doesn't feel that way all the time. And having been more or less monolingual for a good portion of my life, I certainly sympathize with the feeling that language is just something I'm manipulating to get these deeper, purer, more perfectly abstract thoughts and ideas out there. Now, I could wax philosophical about this for an hour, probably. Not that it'd be interesting to listen to. Um, But that's all I could do. I certainly couldn't get any deeper into the science of it without a great deal more research. But this is not a science podcast, and it's not really meant to be a podcast for me to sit here alone waxing philosophical either. I've decided to call this podcast the Tribes of Babel, because that's what we are. Tribes. Scattered. Unified. Defined. And separated by our ability to communicate with each other or lack thereof. I wanted to build this podcast and the story it tells out of conversations with a variety of people in a variety of different situations, basically talking about their relationship to these questions, these ideas, and their thoughts and experiences on them. Now, this first season, unfortunately, is incomplete. I started recording it now over a year ago, and it was more time-consuming than I thought to arrange these interviews in convince the people I wanted to sit down and get on mic with me. In the midst of that, the coronavirus hit. And then between lockdowns and travel bans and all the other stuff going on, that got even more difficult. I was lucky enough to have a few really good conversations for this first season, and because I didn't want to let those molder on a shelf somewhere, I figured I'd release this thing incomplete and just give it a chance to be heard. This first episode is a pretty simple one. It actually started with my wife and I sitting down to kind of test out the mics and the recording setup and see how that went. And we got into a discussion of some of the basic ideas that had inspired this podcast in the first place. I got to sort of practice my interviewing skills on her, which are not too terribly graceful, a bit clumsy at times, but it was a conversation that I was happy I got on record. And I think it's a decent soft start to the series of conversations that make up the story of this first season. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. And um, without any further ado, here's episode one of season one of the Tribes of Babel podcast.
I just don't want to humor Okay, well, you, you can't hear your voice, right? so... Um, if you see... I thought if you saw, like, the recording shimble... That, that's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, we are, we are rolling. Yes. We are live now. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I guess I'll start talking about why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. What the idea was. You actually, you're the one who told me that I should do this. Yeah, you are good at it. I'm good at what? You are good at talking and um, 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 having a, a debate. Okay. And uh, you love to share that, right? Yeah. 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 So. I. It's interesting. I like. I like to think... I and prefer, you had experience, right? Yeah, I prefer to have a discussion rather than a debate because <laughs> I feel like a lot of m- news and a lot of podcasts now. Well, yeah. not, I don't know a lot of podcasts, but a lot of stuff mm-hmm. out there is like debates. It's like A versus B. Mm. I don't really want to do A versus B. Not Sorry. all the time. Uh, just in case, I'm not good at you know, speaking English. So <laughs> I just know that. Well, debate. It. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to criticize y- your use of the word. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. That's actually a good a good transition here. So, can you explain why we're speaking English today? Ah, uh, why? Yeah. Uh, it's Sunday, and uh, we have a rule. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I speak English every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, to improve my English and mm. yeah. Okay. So that's why it's Sunday. So why? Yeah. This is why we are speaking English. And how long has that? How long? Ha- About almost two years. Almost two years of this rule, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Before this rule, mm. or like the rest of the week, mm-hmm. what's what's the rule? Uh, in Japanese, we speak in Japanese. Yeah, we speak in Japanese the rest of the week. And before this rule, we spoke only in Japanese. Recently, we, we tried an experiment with it with more than one day a week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, we have been uh, on a vacation. No, a honeymoon. Uh-huh. Yes. So I should, I thought I should speak more English, especially being uh, out of country. Uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, we speak English every Sunday and every Wednesday, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. How was that for you? Um, but you helped me a lot. So in what way? Uh, you know when you uh, when you wanted to order, when you wanted to have a conversation with um, with uh, foreigners, like the like the shop staff and the yeah. taxi drivers and stuff. Yes. But yeah, yeah but yeah. you you still didn't speak Japanese on Wednesdays and I Sundays. Didn't. You just I spoke didn't, some. But, uh, yeah, English. it was exhausting. <laughs> was it? In the end of the day, yes. Yeah. So how do you feel right now? It's let's see, it's uh, it's five thirty p.m. on Sunday. How do you feel today? Uh, for now. I'm fine, not super tired, but um, mm, I don't know. I'm not. I'm I'm fine. Okay. Yes. Um. So where did that rule come from? Uh, how how did that start? Uh, you you have so many questions. Um. Why did we start this rule? Because we went we uh. I met your family two years ago, and um, I totally couldn't speak English with them. I think that's an exaggeration. I think you could speak English, but you weren't happy with your English. I, I wasn't, and uh, I thought I should more improve my English. 
because、uh, in the future we're gonna meet our family together. Yeah. So I have to、um, translate、oh. you know, for my family、yeah. to have a conversation with each,、uh, each other.、Uh-huh. So、um, I decided to speak English even in Japan. So yeah, I made a rule and、uh, I made a promise with your mother. <laughs> oh, did you? Yes. You told her you were going to do this? Yeah. I, I don't remember. Was I there? Yeah, when I, uh, when I, when uh, we are、uh, uh, on our way to the、uh, airport. Oh, really? Yeah. What did she say? Oh, she, yeah. I shouldn't say that because I,、uh, why, I remember why you don't remember. You, you can say it. Really? I wasn't. You were fine. <laughs> I, was, no. I was what? You were. You were high. Yeah, I was, I was in California. Yes. I live in Japan, so when, once in a while I, go, I get to go back to California. It was, it was legal. <laughs> so, can you say that in Japan? I didn't do it in Japan. I know, but.、Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll cut this. Is that okay for you? Maybe we'll cut this part off the,、yeah, off the podcast. I don't know.、Yeah. I think it's fine. I, I wasn't hurting anybody, I wasn't breaking any laws, <laughs> technically. I think, yeah. Yes. <laughs>、um, so I think that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. So that may be why I, <laughs> maybe why I don't, <laughs> don't remember. remember. It could be that I was high, and it could be also that we were on the way to the airport, and I was thinking, like, I, I got to remember to get rid of this before I go into the airport because、um, it's fine to have. No, you were relaxed. I was super relaxed, but、yes. in my head, I was like, don't forget、oh, really? to throw that away or give it to someone before you go <laughs> into the airport because you cannot take this into the airport. Yes.、Yeah. Yeah. So, see, I'm responsible. I'm responsible. So, yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's maybe why I don't remember. So, that was during that drive then. Yes. You, what did you, you told my mom? Like, yes. I'm going to. I told her. And what did she say? And then, wow, that's great. I'm pretending her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go, yeah go for it. Be, you can do my mom as wow, a character. Wow, that's great.、Um, what did he say?、Um, I'm glad. I'm proud of you so much. Okay. Yeah. You will be fine. That's it. I'm pretty standard mom stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So it's interesting. I didn't realize that you had talked about that with my mom.、Mm. Oh, oh, there's going to be some background noise there. Whoops. First, first time recording. Well,、um, it's interesting that you talked about, my, my mom, talked about that with my mom because、mm-hmm. she's,、um, she's another person. Yes. That's like, she didn't. I told her about this podcast idea after we had already talked about it. We'd already、mm-hmm. come up with it. But she's another person whose sort of life experience and her view on things kind、mm-hmm. of is another. You were a big inspiration for wanting to record this.、Mm-hmm. And so was my mother for the reason that my mom's native language is Spanish,、mm-hmm. right? She was born in Mexico and、yeah. she grew up in Mexico until, I mean, yeah, I think she was, I always forget if it was like six or eight, but、mm-hmm. around that. Kind of early elementary school age、yeah. when she、uh, went to the US.、Yeah. And there's recordings of her、mm-hmm. when she was really, really little,、mm-hmm. like barely able to speak English or not able to speak English、wow. at all. Like they, the one her, her, brothers, or her brother and her sisters always make fun of her about because they, all grew,、wow. they were all born in America, right?、Wow. But for her, there's one recording of her as a little girl going, I don't know nothing. <laughs> like, exactly、That's、like that. So,、cute. everyone always made fun of her for that. But, you know, if you meet her now,、yeah. she has no accent. Yes. Nobody, you'd never know English was not her native language.、Yeah. And she says it's weird because、uh, 
for her, even though Spanish is her native language, mm-hmm. she speaks English better in the sense that she has a bigger vocabulary in English. Yeah. There's more words she knows and can, can immediately remember and use. Mm-hmm. Um, and her grammar is probably a little bit more complex. Like she can read more complicated books mm-hmm. in English. But Spanish is like deeper down. Mm. Like the simple Spanish that she, she has access to you know, mm-hmm. easily uh, is, is, comes out faster she says but when she tries to use like more com- even for now yeah but wow. when she tries to use more complex spanish wow. she of course i'm going to try to get her on the podcast and yeah. she may say something totally different yeah but this is what i remember her telling yeah me. okay yeah. but my mom's somebody so that was her she, how she ended up being bilingual right mm-hmm. but she doesn't feel like she's bilingual because oh. she didn't learn a second language as an adult uh-huh. and she doesn't really remember how she learned she was so young that she just kind of, she was living in America, yeah. going to a school in America. Mm-hmm. Back then it was very different. I think nowadays you can get a lot of like tests Another, in Spanish. Yes. and But like back then it was just like, well, you live in LA, you better speak English. Even mm-hmm. though there was still a lot of Mexicans. Um, it was different now, different than it is now, I think. It was less political. Mm-hmm. Now it's a very, very political issue. Mm-hmm. At the time, I think it was just kind of like, this is America, mm-hmm. we speak English. And mm-hmm. my mom... And my grandma, I think, um, I don't know, I, well, I'll have to get them to, mm-hmm. to share more of the detail on this. But yeah. they, um, I think they both are, the way they grew up both in Mexico and their time after moving to the U.S., they, they mm-hmm. both felt like you should, you should speak the language of the country you're living mm-hmm. in, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, a, it's, that now has become a very conservative mm-hmm. attitude. Some people yeah. disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But for them, yeah, that was a thing. So anyway. Mm-hmm. My point being that my mom learned English kind of just as a natural process. Yes. So when she looks at someone like you, mm-hmm. who's trying to do this right now, uh-huh. you know, you, you learned English when you were younger, but you're, you're still trying to like improve it. Yes, yeah, still trying. <laughs> and you're doing it in a country that's not an English speaking country. Yes. Um, she looks at someone like you and she's like, I don't know how you do that. That looks so difficult. That looks impossible. And she says, you know, same thing to me. because I, I have learned, you. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, it's different than the way she learned yeah English yeah and the way she learned Spanish I mean I always grew up being like wow my mom is bilingual and my grandma's bilingual and my grandma's a different story she has a you know much heavier well she has a heavy accent mm-hmm. um I you know started studying Japanese around 14 yeah and I wasn't really able to like have a conversation in it until mm-hmm. I was probably like 24 mm-hmm. um and my mom you know by that point once she heard me speaking Japanese she was like yes. that's amazing how do you learn a foreign language and I was always like you are bilingual what are you yeah. talking about but I guess it's that different experience yeah so that's interesting yeah hmm. so that's so th- there's a good introduction to mm-hmm. why we're doing the mm-hmm. podcast is you you made this rule uh-huh which by the way I, I want to make that clear this was your rule I didn't I didn't like force you. I wasn't like Yuki. We're no, you didn't force. We're me. married now. You have <laughs> no. to speak no. English. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You are open-minded. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but another thing that you and I talked about, and mm-hmm. it's probably the third thing to talk about um, for starting with, is what we're gonna do uh, when, if, when we have kids. Yeah. Yeah. About a year. Okay. Well, I didn't know we we're gonna be that personal here on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, whenever it happens. <laughs> yes. Uh, what, what do you think about um, things we can do or should do or shouldn't do to help the kids be bilingual? Oh. Yeah, I... Do you think on, about it much? 
Sometimes, uh, but honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Just maybe let it go, you know. Oh, really? So you want to take like a passive, just leave them alone? Yeah. And they'll figure it out? Because uh, I can't force them, right? Yeah, you can't force kids to do anything. Mm -hmm. It's my impression. Yeah. I want my kids, you know, speak um, bilingual or maybe trilingual. Yeah? Wait, yeah. so what else? Uh, French. French? Yeah. So our little, like, like half Mexican, half, <laughs> half Scottish, half Japanese, well, let's say. Yeah. Half Japanese, a quarter Mexican, a quarter Scottish kids are going to be speaking French? Yeah, English Spanish Japanese? is good. Uh, yeah. So maybe, how do, how do you say uh, full language? Quadrilingual? Quadrilingual? Yeah. 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 That would be perfect. Okay. I think at that point you can just say multilingual. That's probably fine. Okay. Yeah. Multilingual. What, um, why, why French? And how, how are you going to, if you're just going to leave them alone yeah. with English and Japanese, how are you going to get French in there also? You just hope they stumble upon it? Yeah, we can travel there. Okay. And um, the kids love that place. And they might say they want to learn okay French. so you do have a strategy your strategy is, is take them to france <laughs> yeah okay what are you gonna what are you gonna take them to france and have them do where are they gonna go in france that's gonna inspire and how old are they gonna be when they first go there yeah good what's question. your plan for this yeah you know in france for me oh sorry no no it's okay i <laughs> I'm sorry, just I'm what happened there. Noise. She's rubbing her jeans and <laughs> the microphone sensitivity's turned up super high. Sorry. No, this is our first time doing this, so okay. I think I've probably done the same thing. I um, need to, you know, concentrate uh, English. You need like a so fidget, a fidget spinner? Some, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hand spinner? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's the strategy? Well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of half joking, but you have this idea of taking them to France. So what's... No, how... I... I don't have any plans, just the same, you know, uh, I'm giving uh, some ideas, that's it. Oh, so yeah. I don't okay. have any plans. Okay. That's it. All right. So yeah, I'm, I, might do think have? It, I might think about this more than you do. Oh. Probably, I, probably I do. That's probably why. So what's yours? It's probably why I'm recording this podcast. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Yes. Is yeah. I don't know what the correct answer for this is because yes. I'm, I'm somebody who grew up in a bilingual household, mm. right? Um, my mom spoke Spanish and English. Um, my dad was not bilingual, mm. but I was around both sides of the family a lot. Yes. And it was on my mom's side of the family, we would go to Mexico, mm. um, at the most, at the peak, like once a year. Wow. Right. And sometimes nice. for a long period of time. Yeah. And I would be around all my, my relatives in Mexico who mm. only spoke Spanish mm. and there'd be these long, you know how it is when you go when you go back to when we went to America and you you know you visited my family. Yeah. When families get together and they don't see each other often, mm -hmm. they just sit and talk and talk <laughs> and talk and they talk. They talk so much. Yeah. I mean that's what happens. I love that though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean maybe Japanese families less so. Yes. But I think if you moved to America for like two years and mm -hmm. then you came back to Japan, I think yeah. you're, you'd probably sit there at the table with your family talking a lot. Oh really? Lot. I and I, I wow. imagine. I mean even looking at your family now, mm -hmm. just for your grandma's birthday when we get together, you guys sit and talk for a while. Yeah. Your dad doesn't say much, but. My dad doesn't. Speak at all. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to expose all your family stuff, but <laughs> it's okay. all, all I'm saying is, yeah, we'd go to Mexico when I was a kid, and my mm -hmm. family would just sit and talk in Spanish for hours and hours and hours, mm -hmm. and then they'd be these like someone would tell a joke, and everyone would die laughing, <laughs> and I would always sit there being like, I don't, 
really get it. Yeah, kids. Really... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, being a kid, it's also it's that my Spanish, Spanish wasn't great, right? Mm. And then um, my grandmother would, would talk to me in Spanish. She still sometimes will, will forget. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't know what language she's speaking when she's talking to the yeah, grandkids. Yeah, I realized that. She'll just sometimes <laughs> speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably more now even then. But but uh, back then she used to switch on purpose, right? Because mm-hmm. she was like, you should know Spanish. You're, yeah. you're Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, a, you know, I was a stubborn kid and I would understand enough and mm-hmm. then i would just respond in english mm. you know like you say you can't make a kid do anything my yeah. my grandmother um less so my mom but also my mom would both kind of pressure me that way of like mm-hmm. you should you should speak spanish you should learn spanish um, but they didn't have any ideas mm-hmm. and they didn't like send me to any classes or anything i don't think my mom could have could afford to yeah look. i don't think she I, I don't think my mom was that well equipped for for parenthood in the sense of like mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of these, a lot of, I think middle class families are a bit more like, mm-hmm. we're going to send our kids to ballet class, or yeah. we're going to send them to learn violin, mm-hmm. or especially here in Japan, mm-hmm. they're going to learn piano. I don't think my mom had any ideas like that for oh. how I was going to, and um, yeah, my dad definitely did not. My dad was almost <laughs> against that But you stuff. did um, jujutsu, right? Um, I, well, no, I did a few martial arts. Jujutsu, I did just privately with my dad, but, oh. but that was just because my dad was into it. Okay. It wasn't like... Anyway, okay. I thought, yeah, that, no, that's okay. It's just getting a little bit far out on a tangent. And I feel, I feel a little bit exposed talking about that. But no, the point being that, um, so I'm an example of someone mm-hmm. who had every opportunity, yes. right, uh, in the home mm-hmm. to learn Spanish. And I just kind of refused to. I just mm-hmm. didn't. I mean, I learned a lot through osmosis. Do you know what I mean by osmosis? No. I just naturally absorbed oh. a lot, a lot more. Looking back now, mm-hmm. I realized, yeah, I know quite a bit of Spanish and I can understand quite mm-hmm. a bit of Spanish, but I always resisted actively learning mm. and I always resisted using it. Mm-hmm. So which is why now when we watch a movie and you're like, do you understand that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I got most of that. Um, or when someone talks to me, mm-hmm. I get it. But when someone talks to me, like ask me a question, yeah. I just lock up because I can't, the words yeah. don't, they, they won't, they can't make it from my brain to my uh-huh. mouth. Yeah. So I feel personally... Yes. That if we have a kid, that just leaving it, leaving them alone, yes, feels a little bit like it's got a low chance mm-hmm. of actually working and mm-hmm. making them speak English. Mm-hmm. Or I don't, I'm sorry, that's the wrong way to put it. Not making them speak English, <laughs> but encouraging them to learn <laughs> and encouraging them to want to speak English. Yeah, yeah. So we we've met some kids recently. Yeah. Do you remember? Um, I think he's going to be on the podcast uh, later. He's he said he's interested, and oh, I, really? I even that asked that guy, wasn't it, that, at the picnic? Right? Yeah, I don't want to say his name yet. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm pretty sure he's going to be on here. I don't know if, if I can say his name yet. Yes. Uh, I want to double check with him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we so we went to. I love that family. <laughs> yeah, that's that. It's exactly yeah. Yes. They were another sort of inspiration as soon as i saw them yeah. i was like we have to talk to them about this i think they are successful the languages yeah so we met them at a kids. at a picnic can you tell can you t- describe what we're talking who, who we're talking about i mean without using their names or anything yeah they uh, uh how do you say uh, uh how can i say um we met should i say him or her well the father yeah the father okay uh, we, two kids. Met, yeah. we met a father who has uh, two kids and um, the boys and girl, no, boy and girl. And uh, they, um, they speak, they spoke Japanese to us first. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the father is not Japanese. Yes, uh, American. No, I didn't want to be specific. I think, okay. yeah. Yeah, I think... speak English, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were playing for a while. 
yeah, playing soccer. And uh, after the few minutes ago, you came to、um, play with us and、uh, you spoke him、uh, in English. And he, he could speak English very frequently. Not just fluently, like, it, it came out like it was his native language as well, right? Yeah, very naturally. Yeah. So, yeah, he. He. Yeah. Talking about the sun, right? Yes.、Yeah. Ooh, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, I just wanted you to describe this family. Yeah. Why yeah. So, um, so uh, I thought that moment,、uh, wow, that's, that's the good.、Um, what's that? What's this? Example, example、yeah. yes, example. <laughs> uh, I don't know how,、uh, yeah, that I thought that is a good、uh, example to、yeah. having a, a half kit. To- totally, when I, when I looked at them, I thought, like, that's that is what success looks like, yeah, for, ha- for raising your kids with a with a bilingual, with you know, bilingual parent. Well, I don't, so I should say one parent has one native language,、yes. and the other parent has another native language,、mm-hmm. and the kids. Are able to move seamlessly between the、yes. two. And that kid said to me,、uh, You can speak English if you want. <laughs> Wasn't it? Didn't he say Japanese? Because that was a Sunday, remember? Yeah. So you were speaking English? No, I was speaking Japanese to them. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, I see. Yeah. And you came to us and、uh, you spoke to him in English. Yeah. So I changed. Okay, you, so you, you so, changed the English. Yeah, so、okay. I changed. That's why I think he said,、uh, yeah, you, you don't have to speak English if you want. That's what I mean, right? He,、yeah. told, he told you you could speak your native language. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yes.、Yeah, so. You switched to English and then、mm-hmm. he said, you don't have to speak English. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah.、Uh, Sorry, he, I misunderstood. No, no, that's okay.、Um, he, that, so that was another interesting thing about that kid. How、mm-hmm. old would you say they were, probably? Around、uh, seven? Seven and probably the little girl was like four or five. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I guess. Well, maybe, hopefully later we'll have at least the father, maybe the kids on the podcast and、mm. we can get the details. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting comment from him when he told you you didn't have to speak English. Yeah. Because、um, we were reading that thing about kids that grow up bilingual, that it's an, it's an empathy builder because、mm. they're able to look at other people and go, like, what language should I speak with this person?、Mm. What language would, this, would make this person comfortable? Yeah, he has good, you know.、Um, Observe, observation.、Uh, observation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A good observation and also good empathy because、mm-hmm. he looked at you and he thought, well, she, her native language is Japanese. Yes. So I should tell her it's okay to speak in Japanese to me. And his, like you, I think you said in the beginning, his Japanese was also like native pretty、yes. much. Right. So both of his. Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so that they were another. So that's that's like to me, that's the target. Yeah. That's the target mark. <laughs> and I asked him, and I, I won't say too much because I'm hoping that he'll be on here and he, he can go into more detail.、Mm. But、uh, my, what, what I did take from talking to him、mm-hmm. was he said, like, man, I spend a lot of, of, a lot of, a big percentage of my time and my money every year just making sure that they spend some time、mm-hmm. back home. Oh. And he said, that's it. Because,、mm. like, you know, you can send a, Oh man, I can hear an ambulance outside. Oh. A, you, can you hear it? Yeah, no. Oh, yes, okay. I can hear that. All right. Well, anyway,、um, I guess that's just going to be there. This is a, this is a very homemade podcast. <laughs>、um, so, yeah, he said that, you know, he and I were talking about it, and, I, and this is something I, I already know、mm-hmm. that having like the adults、mm-hmm. just speak the second language to a kid、mm-hmm. is not that. It's not that、um, inviting for a kid, it's not that enticing for them to want to study. 
right, for them to want to learn English. If the only people who speak English to them mm-hmm. are like their dad and their English teacher at school, mm-hmm. it's does it's not a fun, useful language. But mm-hmm. when they meet other kids their age, mm-hmm. and those kids are native speakers of English, and they have to talk to them, mm-hmm. they want to, right? Because kids like making friends their own age, and they mm-hmm. want to play with, and get along with each other. Yeah. So that creates a situation. It's just like my mom when she moved to the U.S. She's mm-hmm. in a class with all American kids now who all speak yeah. English. Um, I think it's natural that way mm. where my, I'm a situation where I didn't even take a class till high school, but before mm-hmm. that it was like cousins I saw in Mexico, maybe, you know, once a year at the most mm-hmm. who I was very shy around, mm. but every time I was around them, yeah. I would try a little bit harder to speak oh. Spanish, oh. but with like my uncles and my grandma and my mom, it was like, uh, I don't want a- adult conversations are not interesting anyway. Yeah, so. of course. So yeah, that's, uh, I think that, that was, you know, when he and I talked, that was something he kind of talked about that they have to go spend Mm. time with, they have to go spend time speaking that language with kids Mm. that they have to speak it with. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. So that's, so that when I say I have a strategy, that's, I don't really have an, I, sorry, did I say I have a strategy? I hope not. Cause I don't actually have a strategy, but I have some Mm. thoughts Mm. and yeah. And I think that's, that's gotta be one of them is they need some friends who speak. They, they need, it's really important for them to have um, Japanese friends mm-hmm. or friends who speak Japanese mm. as a native language. And it's really important for them to have friends who speak English as a native language. Mm. Uh, and if, if, they, if they're going to learn French or Spanish, <laughs> they probably need, you know, some exposure to those with kids their own age. Yeah. yeah. Study abroad. Study abroad would be great. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, um, and I, Oh, we're running out of time. I'll just finish with this thought because I've met a couple of people here in Japan uh-huh. who grew up in like an international school. Mm. So they're Japanese. Some of them are Japanese. Some of them are not. Mm. But who grew up in Japan. Mm. Um, one one of the, well, a couple of whom were born in Japan mm-hmm. are, are Japanese or part Japanese or whatever and went to an international school. Mm. And the way the one particular international school I'm thinking of where I knew these people from, mm-hmm. the way they do their curriculum is every subject is taught in English. Mm. So it's basically like this particular school, it's, it's a Canadian style mm-hmm. school. It's basically like going to school in Canada, mm-hmm. but Japanese is a mandatory language class. So they take Japanese class. Mm-hmm. They take basically the Japanese kokugo, mm. like as it's taught in Japanese schools, mm. um, but it's just one subject wow. and the rest of their subjects are taught in English. Mm. And that's an interesting approach. All of the, all the people I've met from that system are bilingual. Mm. And I think that that single class in Japanese mm-hmm. is different than if they did it in Canada because when they leave school, they're in Japan. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like all of them, um, while they're bilingual, while they're very fluent, mm-hmm. I feel like all of them are not native sounding oh. in both languages. Really? Yeah. Mm. There's definitely... I don't know the difference. <clears throat> the, the first I've never seen that. The first person I met like that, and I can't go into too much detail about her because mm-hmm. I have not been in touch with her for a long time and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have her permission to talk yeah. about on the podcast but she's um so she's part japanese and her family's been in japan for many generations mm-hmm. and if you looked at her you just think like a oh, japanese girl mm. i totally i mean because the mm. part the percentage of her her uh background it's not japanese is also mm. east asian so um but so the first time i met her because we were co-workers we yeah. were, like walking to the elevator together and i just said something to her like let's go to someone like and yeah. then I said, like, Imakara Kyuke desu ka? or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, froze up and looked at me and was like, Really? Uh, 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 uh. Huh. And, 
And then she she said like very like almost California Valley <laughs> girl. She went like, "Can we just like speak English?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Like I worked with her for, for months, yeah. and I'd seen her speaking Japanese to the other staff, and I yeah. just assumed she was Japanese. And then I, I, so that's I didn't know her story. I didn't know、uh. the, the international school crowd, and、mm. I met others through her. But but yes,、yeah, so yeah. And she said that she had you know some experience. And often、mm. they said when they worked in the Japanese like. Shakai,、mm. right in the Japanese business world,、mm. um, that if if the if their coworkers thought of them、mm-hmm. as like not totally Japanese,、mm. they would forgive them for not having like good keigo or whatever.、Mm. But if they tried to work as just regular Japanese people,、mm. their bosses would often get like annoyed because their、yeah. their keigo isn't good and they don't、yeah. their Japanese isn't yeah. So there's that to me was kind of a minus point. About the international school system,、mm. it seems designed for people who are gonna leave Japan.、Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah,、uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well,、um, is there anything else that you wanna talk about in this first session here? I wanted to go to the bathroom right now. <laughs> Sorry. Very real.、There's、lots、yeah. of reality on this on this one. Okay. Um, that's that's all. Thank you for letting me try it. I think、no. the sound quality is a little bit echoey. Yeah. Um, but、oh, really? but I think we got it. I think it's in the can. Actually, it was fun. Yeah, I I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah. And I'll have you on again. I didn't again. know that. We'll do some sessions in Japanese too. Oh yeah. Yeah. On、okay. on on not a Sunday. Although probably Sundays <laughs> will be a good day to record usually. But. But recording in English is fine. Yeah. 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 And that's another thing. I haven't even decided yet. I, I've, oh okay. I've already started recording. I don't know how I'm gonna do. Because I want the podcast to be bilingual too. Yes. I don't know how I'm gonna do the episodes, right? Yeah. So if people who only speak English listen, how are they gonna understand the Japanese parts? And if people who、right. only speak Japanese listen, how are they gonna understand the English? Yeah, but、You're、I'll、right. have to figure that out because that's part、yes. of the, part of the project. Yeah. Um, I don't know. On YouTube, I can put subtitles. Yeah, let's make a plan. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. I, I'm gonna shake shake your hand like like you're not my yeah, wife and we're just now I'm shaking hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Thanks a lot, Yuki. Thank、uh, you. And I'll let you go to the bathroom now. Yes, can I? Yeah. Cheers. All right.